kids. What do you think is the biggest gift that you've given your daughter? I love her the way that she loves people's now. We didn't have a strong relationship. She, she never knew me. She never really knew who I was. The love that we're saying, oh, forgive the universe, really was born out when of- you think about that, they're actually saying two different things. Let's go, let's talk about I it. Yeah, I thought it mom was in denial. So, you know, we, we watched this video and then Oprah's mom said, I love her like she loves people now. But Oprah said, she really didn't know me. She didn't know me. Exactly. So that's two different, that, but that's two different views. And, and, and for the mom to say that this is the way I loved her, the way she loved people now, and most of us, we are, you know, we know Oprah. We know that Oprah is a giving person because she gives so much. So Oprah said, my mom really didn't know me. But now, how can, how can she didn't know me yet? The mom is saying, I love her the way she loved people now. And I think like, we throw those terms out. I love this person. I loved her. So Oprah's mom said, I loved her. And she probably meant that she loved her. She cared about her. But so when we talk about love and I'm loving my daughter, I'm loving my mother, I'm loving exactly. this person. What does that really mean? You know, what does it look like? Or again, with God's agape love is truly no comparison. But when Oprah mom said, I loved her, I felt like she was saying something different. Like you guys said, she, she was maybe saying something different. Well, see, I heard Bishop say in that same, uh, same discussion, he was saying she loved her to the capacity that she could love her. So that's that was that her she love. was loving her that hard. Exactly. That's for my daughter. I'm the mom. Like everybody feels that way about their kid, right? Like regardless and, of what you're actually really truly doing, but it's like yeah, I love my daughter to the world and, and exactly. the moon. Exactly. You know? Exactly to what what to what she believed love was. But like Oprah said, we have our expectations of what we think that a mother's love should be or a father's love. And for her, her mom didn't live up to that expectation. You know, I'm, I'm just saying using Oprah because that, that could be said for many people. Yes. You know, when it comes to what we think that, or what we call love, you know, because love is for us, especially now we're, well, not just because we're born again children, but even as parents, love is self-sacrifice. And love is me saying, oh, I got to adopt what I want because now I have somebody who's an extension of me that I've got to give myself to. So I can't always think about me now. That yeah, has yeah. to change. Right. And that's right. not, that's, that that experience of uh, what Oprah went through wasn't the same. And I think it was that part where she was saying when she went to live with her mom and um, the first night there, she said she couldn't even sleep with her mother. Mm -hmm. She had to sleep outside in, in this little area, like right before you enter the house. But here you have a mother saying, I love my daughter, but your daughter can remember having to sleep the first night. She couldn't even sleep with you. And you took her from a grand, okay? Where now she's got to sleep here. And it was because she said, Oprah said, it was the color of her skin. Hmm. Now you, you look at this, this is a child. This is what this child is experiencing. And yet you have a mom years later who's, who's saying, oh, I love my baby. That's, that 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 can, yeah, that, well, that is an issue. <laughs> and you know That's what's funny is 
that I'm, I'm thinking about this and I'm, and I'm thinking about just from a psychological standpoint, the, the stages of attachment for a child. And so, you know, Oprah didn't have that, um, what they call it, that bonding. She couldn't even sleep with her mother to bond with her mother, just that care. Like, and so maybe that's why Oprah said she didn't, she didn't see me because she didn't get to sleep in the same bed with her mom at least once and just be there with her. Um, and I'm like, how did that affect over? Because she talked about self-discovery and the calling and how people were like, you know, my chin, your chin is not good enough. You look weird and this, that, and the other. So I wonder, her hair, right? I was wondering how does that affect her and how does she get through it? That would have been nice to understand how did she get through it? You know, because again, we see the over now, but how, what role did that play with her too? How did she work through it? Well, she said it was self-discovery. So some things that she had to discover about herself. It was so it was a driving force in her that got her to where she is right now because that means that she had to dispel every image that somebody else had given her of her mm. in order for her to go forward. She had to do that. And she did it well. And I'm sure, like I said, it's a whole lot in her story that, that would be a blessing to many people because, you know, to fight the fact that she was a dark-skinned girl, you know what I'm saying? That she had the kinky hair. And um, and how many people, females, especially African American, deal with that same image? I came up with, I came up a dark skinned girl, of course, okay, because I'm I'm a dark skinned girl. But I came up like that. I came up with with the hair. My mom pressed our hair, so our hair was straight. And then we got to about the eighth grade. You know, everybody started wearing fro, so I wore my fro. And I can remember being in a classroom where you got somebody complaining because your fro is too big. And then they want to tell us we couldn't wear our fro's. And if we did, it had to be on this so high. Come on, but this is a part of who we are. So even with just, I mean, simple things like that. Uh, but going back to that, that, that attachment that you were talking about. And back in that time, I think I can say that I'm not going to say all blacks because that would be a lie. But I think that thing about that, that the, the hug and the caress and the affection and all those things, they just didn't happen. <laughs> you know, it was like, I love you. And, you know, you, you, you know, you didn't say it all the time. I love you. I love you or whatever. But it was the parents' actions that said that that, that I believe was the uh, love is that I'm, I'm going to work and I'm going to take care of you as my mom did. She's a single mom uh, for, for my growing up part. She was a single mother that she would go to work and we knew we knew her schedule okay because she, she go to work she come home we may sit around look at tv sometimes you know watch wrestling and things like that that was our bonding time but it was like it wasn't a whole lot of oh i love you my baby and that kind of stuff it wasn't but i knew my mom loved me right I, I knew that. Too, and, I, and it's so crazy because i wonder why i wonder why things are so different these times than it was back then because like that's how we grew up like every single lady in my family was that way like nobody touchy-feely huggy like none of that and then it took for me to like once I grew up and I was like oh I mean they were raised by their father you know like their mom died when they were really really young so he raised them but still like even if she would have been around would it have been the same thing probably there's people who were raised by their mother who still does that Exactly, because I was going to say, I know my, my grandfather died before I was born. And um, and and so I can't, he, I, I think his, his kids were probably mostly adults by the time he passed. But uh, it was like all the women, but it was the same thing. Like I said with my mother, and I, I think sometimes I wonder if it goes back to, uh, 
you know, the slavery type, you know, thing where you didn't you didn't get into affection. You never knew when somebody was gonna be sold off. And and you were so and like Oprah was saying about her grandmother getting on her. You were so trying to teach that child so that, that child, you know, to, to teach your child how to survive. You know what I'm saying? My mom always said you be independent, you do that. And it's like teaching them survival skills because that was the most important thing versus uh you know all that love because you didn't want them to get hurt i think you don't want your child to be hurt and sometimes you go out there being naive you know then you get hurt you think everybody no everybody's not loving so it's like maybe trying to teach you that i don't know but i i i, I know i would believe what i can say with my mom i can't say with everybody that she loved us and for her probably just like oprah's mom she would just say, well, yes, I love my child. And and to her, it was like, it, I, I did all the things that love does. And love for them is I worked and I took care of you. I provided. One of the things Oprah mom said is I love her the way she loves people now. <laughs> Hard. You know, Oprah yeah. love her fans. She love everybody. It's shown a lot of love. This, I mean, a lot. And and she gave out of herself. She Oprah gives, I should say, she gives out of herself. She gives out of her own pockets with not expecting anything in return. Okay. And 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 her mom says that's the way she loved her. And I'm she said that's the way she feels. That's what she sees. That I gave I it's pretty much like what you're doing is what she got from me. And she did plant a seed, but it wasn't it wasn't the one that she thought. It was a seed that worked the opposite way. You know. And she said, Oprah said, I was searching for love, affection, and attention. Just that love, affection, and attention, how it starts from home. And then they continued talking about how her sister was giving up her adoption and, and how that made her mom feel and just just all those dynamics and and I think what I don't know if I wrote this or something they said what should a mother be like we all have these these stereotypes or these ideal ideologies of what a mother or a father should be I think they said that in the video yeah, Bishop Bishop. What Girl, be? I remember um and he's saying this and I don't know who's gonna hear it is but <laughs> I can remember um uh being compared to somebody else's mother and family. You know what I'm saying? And it really did bother me because I had to basically say, you don't know what goes on in that house. Right. While you're up here trying to compare what's going on over here to what's going on over there. and what You don't know what's going on. And you don't. Because I don't know where kids, some kids get these ideals, you know. I don't know if y'all ever, y'all too young to know Leave it to Beaver, but you know. Come on. War, you know the one. Everybody know leave it to people. Well, you know nobody was like that. You did not stay at home and cook dinners and walk around with makeup on and some heels. That didn't happen. And not my house, you know, it didn't happen. So it's like at that same time, you know, the child, you know, you're saying this and it was foolishness because it was so funny when as time went by, what happened in the house, it, it came, it became known because all of a sudden what you thought was the ideal family was not the ideal family. Now you're talking about this, but at the time you were comparing so let's go back to what you think a parent should be because see sometimes when we're children we can say what we think a parent should be but usually it's based upon what we see going on somewhere else that we think that's happening because we really don't know that it is 
It's just simply what we think, okay? It looks like it's the idea of family. I'm not saying some aren't, but a lot of times when we start trying to decide what a parent should be, we, we do have to be careful about that because as a mother, um, I'm sure that as, as Michelle was saying, you know, the kind of parents that we've come to be were not necessarily the kind of parents that our parents were. I'm a lovey, huggy, touchy. That's me. My kids, I love to hug over them. When they were babies, it was kissing and hugging, but then I still pop your tail, but I still hug, you know, I did my loving and my hug because I love them. Same way with my grandchildren, my great-grandchild. Love, hug, kiss, because I just do. Not that I was brought up around it, but I just do. My as my as we got older, became adults, I started grabbing my mother and hugging on her and kissing on her. And she loved it. You know what I'm saying? And hugged me back. But Coming up, it wasn't like that. But with my kids, it was the opposite. It was all, you know, I did it. And so, because that's what I think part of being a mother was, is that it just came out. You know, what's so weird is that I think, Mom, you knew some of the struggles that I had maybe five years ago. Say, man, I don't know about my mom. I'm bad. I'm resenting resent her. I'm, I, I don't forgive her. She wasn't there for this, 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 and this, and this. And then, um, again, the more I, I, I tapped into being a mother myself, I was like, wait, this is not easy. This is not easy. I, 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 I need to forgive. I need to let some of those things go. And my mom has become, one, you know, one of my best friends. And I think one of the things we have to really, one thing that I learned from you guys is saying what do you go to her for and because before when I had that perception this is what a mother should be she should be this she should be this she should be this and I was setting myself up and setting her so her up for just failure and and for me to have that bitterness and unforgiveness in my heart because I expected you to be this expected you to be this however if we continue in the vein of God and just trusting him and walking by faith I, I feel like I have so many surrogate mothers now I just I just I'm, I have enough because he sent those people my way to help guide me and but she's still my biological mother I would still honor and respect her um, regardless whether she was there or not and I know again people may be listening and say but my mom did this my mom didn't do this and and both of you guys have lost your mothers and I would and you'd be talking about walking while wounded I know that hurts and it sucks from what I hear um but how can we get over the fact of saying my mother did this and how can we still love on our parents while we're while they're still here because I think it's the expectation that hurts I think it goes back to what Bishop said and I'm saying because he said that but just think about when you really don't know your mother's story mm. You know, and especially when you're talking about a mother with more than one child, when you don't know that story, like you said with your mom, T, and you don't you don't know the story, you don't know what she was feeling when she was going through it, what she was. I mean, you don't really we know that. You said again. He said we got them when they were broken. We got our exactly. parents when they were so broken. You got, That's you, know, you got stuff that has gone that has gone on in your in your life. You know, she had things that had gone on in her life. I've had things go on in my life as I was raising my children and. One of the things I try to tell, you know, my children with their children is to understand when you're going through something, you're taking your baby through it too. Ah. So if you're going through depression, don't you think your child is not going to be affected by that depression? You know, if you're having a, a fight and y'all can't get along with your boo or whoever else it is, it's going to affect your relationship with your baby. Say it's not, but that's a lie. You don't feel like talking to nobody, not even your own child. Go look at TV. That's good. So we have to be real careful. And, and the thing about it, as we're talking about forgiveness, and you're saying, 
you know, how do you get past that? First of all, I say this, and I'm saying it as a child of the Most High God, we got to examine ourselves. Because see, if you're, you're judging your mom, that's because you think you're better. And so we got to come back to ourselves because there are some places in our own lives where we've come up short. If you don't have children, keep living till you have one. You'll find out. Yeah. Okay. But it yeah. comes to that. Come to to your parent understanding that they they're human beings. They 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 can make mistakes just like anybody else. And just like Oprah's mom, you know, years later, she she talked. She was hurt because she gave up her child. But at the time. At the time, she felt like embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? But it hurt her. And there are some parents that, that at the time, whatever they're going through at that moment, it may be that I feel like it's the best thing that I can do for my baby because I'm not a good mother. I'm not a good parent. Life has told me I'm nothing. Life has told me I'm trash. Life has told me I'm an addict. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Life. And so therefore that parent has already been their worst judge. And then you come along as a child and then now you judge that parent. Really? Yeah. It was one thing that, that Bishop Jake said though, that made like a lot of sense. Right. And I think a lot of people struggle with this. I know I do, but he said that, you know, we were taught to hold on to the, to the unforgiveness as power. Right. Like that's crazy. So everybody knows that you need to forgive and things like that, but it's like, how do you get past that mindset of holding this over that person's head per se is your power or basically really just to make that other person feel bad right so you're in pain you feel bad and you're hurt so you're like okay then i'm gonna hold this over your head i'm gonna keep on bringing it up i'm gonna let you know that i don't forgive you so i can hurt you also yeah. that's really that's probably what it's all about and it's like how do you get past that though and that's that negative power. I heard you say it was power. This negative that's he, power. Yeah, that's what he negative. said. We were talking. Mm-hmm. That was power, but you know, it's negative behind yeah. it. But you know, that's what people do. That's what people do. And like you said, it's and the thing is, is that you're doing it because you're hurt. Mm-hmm. And what you realize, you're saying, "I don't want to hurt," but then at the same time, you're holding on to the hurt. I'm gonna keep I my hurt. Another person that hurts to hurt you. Yeah, that's what to hurt you. I gotta hurt me. And that's what's happening, is that I'm trying to hurt you, but I'm I'm hurting me because I'm trying to hurt you. So were you talking about the power that you have over them? They actually have power over you, and they don't even, not even try right. to help. Because how how often is that person really affected by you not forgiving them? Like how often? <laughs> Some people may hurt, and they never tell you. It may be that you are hurting them, but they're they're not gonna say anything. They they may never let you know I'm hurting. And then when they come to you, like you said, if I'm trying to tell you. And you said, no, I don't want to let go of it. I'm going to hold on to it. And sooner or later, they, you know, they just stop trying. Doesn't mean that they don't want it. They just stop trying. So they may still be hurting because, you know, they want your love. They want the forgiveness and they want to be in your life. And they're still hurting, but they have, they let go because I can't force it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And at the same time, being hurt, the person who's holding it is that they're losing out too. Yes. And they're missing out on yeah. peace. Yes. Real peace. I'm telling you. Let's sleep. Say that again, Michelle. Now, Letitia said good sleep. Yeah. Oh, good sleep. Well, at that too, sometimes when it gets to bothering you. You know, know? who said this? Was it Oprah or Bishop Jackson? They said forgiving is um, accepting it has happened, not that it was okay to happen. Exactly. 
talking about um, that power. I think when you hold that power to say, well, I'm not going to forgive you because I feel like I'm being vulnerable again and I want to hold on to this bitterness and this gross. That is deceptive power. That is just deceptive power, thinking that you holding that power within yourself. But if we want to talk about, again, the true and living dunamis, dunamis power that God gives, we need the power of God and the Holy Spirit to, to forgive because we can't, I can't really do it without on myself. I need that power, that grace and that power from God to forgive. Otherwise, like you say, Michelle, I'm just in that deceptive power. Where I ain't forgiving. I'm going to hold on. To <laughs> so the question becomes, why do you want to hold on to it? So for me, I think I've been, I've been in that place too, where I hold on to it because I want the other person to feel my pain and that hurt. And then a lot of times I like, I analyze things a lot. So I needed to make sense to me first before I can start like moving on. Like if I don't understand like why it happened, then like it's hard for me to move past it. And I think she mentioned something about that too. You know, uh, forgiveness. What did, what did she say to the teacher? Hold on, I wrote this. Forgiveness is giving up the hope that the past could have been different. Mm. Mm. So it's all that shoulda, coulda, woulda <laughs> type thing. So when she said that, I was like, man, that makes a lot of sense because I will sit and analyze heck out of a situation like it don't make sense like, like why why would somebody do this why they do this to me like and then again i need to understand it before i can start moving past it uh, i guess it's just for my own sanity which probably don't make sense or is the right thing to do but. but the question comes what if you never never get that you need to understand and uh and that's the thing like that was her quote because you can't change it you know so so it's like, but now it becomes a choice. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It becomes a choice. Am I going to continue to try to make up sense out of it? Or I'm just going to admit that it doesn't make sense and I'm going to move on. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So that's, that's kind of where I am now, you know, because things that's happened now is like, I can't get zero answers. So I'll never know why it happened. So now it's just like, okay, now what? Right. Uh -huh. right. Am I going to live? For the past, or am I going to live for right now? And what could be my future, even in my relationship with my family? Yeah, because you got to realize, even in your family, there's a lot of your past, yes. your history. You know, and like, we don't want to. You know, we kind of hit on this at the uh, uh, the, the the conference, the uh, retreat. You know what I'm saying? We talked about stuff that went on in the past and we don't even know nothing about it. You don't want it to come up and then, ooh, what? And it was already, but now if you find out early, <laughs> you can kind of make sure you're going to and get rid of this generational weakness. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to come back up in my child and not even realize. It's kind of like T talks about um, in nursing and, and, you know, your family history that the doctor always want, you know, to see uh, what all has been in your family. It's just that we look at that as, as the medical part of that history, but it's the same thing when we it comes to the spiritual. <laughs> exactly. We might need a, we need a spiritual any question. Any, any drug abuse? Come on, all of that stuff. Oh, you, you, you know, you know, I'm telling you, you'd be surprised what's in a history and it's like, well, and then you start looking like, well, you know what? So-and-so had a kid that did that. And, well, so-and-so, and they did too. And well, you know, and you're like, wait a minute. Now, what do we have in common? Well, it's every, well, it's, this side happens to be my mom's side. Mm -hmm. 
And it seemed like everybody on this, well, you know what, on my dad's side, it seemed like everybody got, so we gotta, that's that generational thing that we gotta know and something. If we're not in touch with our family, we'll miss out on all of that. But we have the blessing, and I call it a blessing, to have a extended family. You know, especially the older they get, the, I'm telling you, the wealth of history. Yes. That we have, you know, it's something else. It, it can't be purchased, you know what I'm saying? The wealth that they can give to to you, to your child, and it's like, oh, wow. And it's a, it's a lot of good things. It's not always negative. Some good things that occurred in our family that we can miss out on. You know, we don't have that connection with the oldest uh, adults in our family. So as we conclude, what type of things would y'all give people for as far as forgiveness while walking while wounded? Because people think that I need to be arrived, totally arrived and totally know what I'm doing in order to, to forgive or to, 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 to let some things go. Um, how, how do people continue walking this journey and forgiving others um, even while they're hurting? You know, you, you hurting and I, you're like, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. I do not want to forgive. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So what takeaways or tips could you give, if any? I don't have tips. Just real quick for me, like, I just need to, to just get past that hurt, you know, because I just I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice and basically my daughter, too, because I am that person. I get in the mood. Nothing matters. <laughs> you know, I shut everything out. So, you know, once I can get past that and, uh, and get over all that, bitterness and things that I have towards some people then it'll, it'll be better for her so just one step at a time and I I, uh, I, I agree with what uh, Michelle said the only thing I, I think I would add to it and not just from the um, and because I am a Christian of course you know God has a play in it but we also have a play in it we also have a role in that we have to choose you have to make a choice and that choice is that do I hold on to this or do I let it go for real? Because I have to accept one thing. I can't change people and I cannot change the past. The past is just what it is. It will never change. I'm telling you, you can't change it. I don't care what you do, what you find out, you can't change it. And nothing in the past is going to change if you find out something. So it's like, do I choose to continue in this place that I'm in that's that's um, causing me so much trouble or do I choose for a better life and I, I believe it's, it's making that choice for a better life first of all you can't get back time so all the time you waste on the negative feelings the negative emotion you can't get it back and it's like you're hindering your own life as well as when you help children theirs as well you see what i'm saying and so it, it my my advice for a person who's really having a problem forgiving first of all you gotta i'm not gonna say you got to have christ in your life because i even believe people don't necessarily know the lord can get past it if they make up their mind that it's not worth it you know but a greater way to do it is in the lord and when i say that i'm saying you do it by faith i can remember um as we get ready to close, I don't want to say too long, but I can remember going through some things with my family uh, when my mom passed. And um, I was, it was some things that I was really sincerely, it hurt me. And I really had told myself, I ain't fooling with none of them anymore. 
I'm, I'm born again, saved, mm-hmm. baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, all of that. But I had said I wasn't going to, I just didn't want nothing to do because of some issues. But the Spirit of God, and this is my family that I've been raised with and everything else, the Spirit of God inside of me, I mean, it was like, you can't do that. And I had to pray about it. And I prayed and I said, Lord, help me. But you know what? I had to make a decision to go see, to call. I had to do some things. I had to do it. And as I did these things and continued to do them, all of the unforgiveness, all of the hurt, all of the bitterness, all of it just dissipated. It left. Hmm. And these, it, it was like the hugging, hey, hug, love, all of that was, it was, it was real. It's real, but I'm saying I was, I was in a place, and it didn't just happen. It was other things over the years. I, I was the youngest. I am the youngest in the family, and uh, sometimes being the youngest, and people, you know, and it's just some of my older siblings kind of they treat you like you're a child or whatever. That's the way it was with my older siblings, and so. Uh, it was sometimes we didn't always agree, but I respected them because it was a kind of a gap. But like I said, it's it's only God can do it. But right. you have to take that, you have to take the initiative and say, I'm going to. And right. when the spirit says, call. Yeah. Call. Yeah. That's good. And that's good what both of you guys say. Michelle says she wants to, you know, take it step by step, day by day, and, and you you're willing. You you have a willing mindset. Mom's just talking about making a choice and having your mind made up. And I would just add to both of what you guys said. It's just you sometimes and I know for me I had to have a short term memory. I, ha- I couldn't let it build up in my mind, in my heart. And one of the things that I tell people, my my biggest thing every night, I said, I don't want to go to bed angry. I don't want to go to bed hating anyone because if it continues to build up, then I'm going to hold that unforgiveness. So I need to call somebody and say, man, look, I can't sleep tonight. Let's talk through this. Let's just work this out. So, I, so having a short-term memory and being willing to work through the hard stuff because it's hard it's not easy it it hurts but it it hurts more to carry it along so would you rather hurt for for uh, during a 10-minute conversation or hurt for 10 years that's this is the healing journey we love you thank you guys for tuning in and just thanks for your input it's amazing we have to do this again wednesday it is wednesday it is Amen. Mm-hmm.